The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by the Capital One Saver Card. Earn 4% cash back on dining and entertainment, 2% at grocery stores, and 1% on all of their purchases. This is where we left you off last hour. We're trying to figure out a way of coming up with the top 20 college football programs, not just for 2017. You go to .com for that one. But if this were the EPL, the Premier League, over the last few years, which brands have built themselves up? And it's not just overall historic brands either. How good have you been in the last 10 to 5 years? Apparently, Will and I have some different weighting scales on this whole thing. So, Will Kane today, the Rosillo Show at ESPN Radio. And let me just say, the premise of this is, what if college football adopted an English Premier League-style promotion and relegation system? What would happen if every year... Teams 17, 18, 19, 20, or 18, 19, 20, were relegated down to a lower division, and those from 20 to 40 got to move up. We had, we then said, well, who would be in the initial Premier League rankings? Who would be in the 20 right now? Yeah. Who would be, who would be the inaugural top 20 in the Premier League? All right. What? I think this means that we have two different lists. No. Why? I think you're going to weight 2017 way too strong if you're going just based on relegation as of right now. All right, let's do this. Okay, We've got so, four teams we've agreed on that I think are unimpeachable. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma are in the Premier League. Okay, Auburn? In. LSU? Yeah, in. I mean, you played for two national titles, one one ten 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Uh, Georgia? In, but barely. Michigan? In. Now, you could make an argument, well, how much recent success is there really? Uh, you know, look, try to do this on your own because if you, I'm telling you, I kind of ran out of teams. I thought I wasn't going to have enough slots. I ended up having a hard time filling the last few. Uh, Florida State. In. USC. In. Stanford. In. Washington. I put him in. I did too. Now. They belong in, man. They do. And I've averaged out the last. 10, 5, and 3 years of where you are when you've been ranked and this kind of stuff. And, and that, that helped me a little bit more with this. But if you go down to Washington, uh, they have been, over the course of this stretch, you know, their average rankings have been a little higher than you would think. But, yeah, I put Washington in there, but they were one of my very last teams. Okay, things are about to start getting hairier. Okay. TCU. I have them in. They have to be in. I actually think that one's not debatable. No, I, I didn't. That wasn't later on my list. No. Your, your, they're actually in my top ten. I ranked them. You're, you did. <laughs> yeah. All right. The standard Wisconsin. It's taking too long to even mention them. We have in. to have Wisconsin in. in. Okay. Absolutely. Wisconsin's in. Notre Dame in. Now you're going to hear people say you're going to be kidding me. You realize that four of the last six years Notre Dame has been ranked at one point in the top five. Can rankings get a little weird? And can you play? You know. But when you're in the top five of the AP for the last six seasons at some point and play for a national title, and I know they got destroyed, but for me, playing in a national championship game is a really good indicator of kind of who you've been this whole time. So Notre Dame, both of us have them in. Michigan State. In. Yes. Look at this. It's not so contentious. They've been to the college football playoffs. Michigan State, I what I did is I looked at every year from 2017 to 2014 to see where you were in the top 20 rankings. And if you were in, like with three check marks or two check marks multiple times, you had serious weight in my estimation. Michigan, Michigan State's ranking a 10-year average. So the last 10 years of the AP poll, their average is right at 10, ranked 10th in the country. Okay, so, let me give you one very similar to Michigan State, whose resume is only slightly less, Oklahoma State. I have Oklahoma State in. Me too. 
consistently. Imagine turning this on right now and thinking we're talking about the playoff. <laughs> so, okay, how, how deep are we? One, two, three to go, and we have 17 that we agree on? I can't believe that. All right, tweet the show, 1-800-Flowers.com, Twitter feed, at Rosillo Show. What Will Kane and I are trying to do here is come up with the, what would be the top tier if this were European soccer of college football. So Rudy, I thought this was going to be much worse. You build so this I. as though let's, he and I were going to hate each other. get to the end of the list. Okay. Bring in the holiday season with bouquets for your friends and loved ones from 1-800-Flowers.com. When you order a dozen assorted roses for twenty nine ninety nine, you get an extra bouquet for free to order. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash ESPN. All right, so you counted them all up? Yeah, three to go. Three to go. Okay, One more is... that I think we might find agreement on. Go ahead, throw it Penn out there. Penn State. I went into it thinking I wouldn't put Penn State down, and you kind of have to. Yes, and you I came up with the arguments of why I wouldn't put Penn State in, and then I go, you got to put them in. So Penn State is in. We're down to two. I can't believe this. I thought this was going to be way worse. Well, right. I think everybody knows where I'm going here, at least behind the glass, and they know what's about to happen. So what do you want to do first? Do you want me to suggest my first, or do you want to show me yours? I want to do my first. <laughs> okay, go ahead. South Florida. Wait a minute. USF? USF. Two years in a row, top 20 program two years in a row are you doing this to mess with me i'm not so you're suggesting usf before texas let me tell you something man you're gonna try to turn me against my own fan base my own people but texas does not deserve it only way texas gets into this premier league is if we value prestige and prestige only there has been nothing that has occurred over the last four to five years that Texas has earned its place into this. I love the Texas Longhorns, but I love earning it. The whole point of promotion and relegation is you've got to be able to earn your way into playing with the big boys. USF has earned their way in. Now, I was told off the air that you were saying UCF. I believe that we're at 19. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what? Like, I'll First of even, all, what are you guys doing prepping him? What I are you was doing? Told, I was told uh, we were doing the top 20 teams. This, I, are we all, at Tier 2 let now? Let me tell you something. All right, I don't know if you know this, but in about a month it's going to be Rosillo and Kane. And you can't be giving him – you can't be seeding the ground for him ahead of time. It was Cerruti, wasn't it? No, no, it wasn't. And, and this is not – okay, you know what? Like, I can't even – I don't even want to tackle USF right now. You want to get to my other one? Let's you're, get to my other you're one. You're putting UCF in this? Hold on. I have a question for you. Is this next year's Premier League or this year's Premier League? See, this is where your soccer <laughs> thing is. So that means no Oregon. Hold on. Just let me give that you my 20. That means no Texas. That means no Boise State. That you're suggesting South Florida and UCF would be teams well, 19 and 20. You, you can't you gotta let me give you my list, not you give it to me. Is it next year or this year? Because... UCF, I'll just give it to you this way. If it's next year that we start the Premier League, UCF is in. Undefeated, 15th ranked team. If it's this year's, then it's Western Michigan. Western Michigan is in instead of UCF. See what I'm saying here? You follow me? Yeah, but I, I think the difference is, is that when you're doing the soccer analogy here, it's all of these teams essentially playing each other and then kind of being separated where I don't feel like UCF is playing the same teams that would then get them into that Premier League. UCF won zero games. They went 0-12 two years ago. 0-12. And you're actually putting them ahead of 
in Oregon who's played for two national titles despite being – and Oregon would probably be a better team. Look, forget probably. If Oregon doesn't lose their quarterback this year, no, they're a better team. Ifs and buts and well, look, I'm, candies and nuts. You have UCF who went 0-12 in 2015 over an Oregon team that's played for two national titles in less than a decade. And I didn't think I'd put Oregon in when I started this project, but they would be my last team with Texas. So our two points of debate are, oh, you took Texas? I did. I put him in over Boise State. So it's Oregon and Texas on your side of the ledger, and I have South Florida, and let's call it UCF instead of Western Michigan because the timing issue here. Here's my argument to you in reverse. You can never win if you're UCF. You can never win this debate. You won't let them play for the college football playoffs because you say they don't play anybody, and you got a decent argument. That's right. But now you're not even letting them play in the Premier League and compete against the big boys because you're saying you don't compete against the big boys. Hold on. I know you want to get in here. It's a catch-22. At some point, the whole point of a relegation and promotion system is to let teams that earn their way in get in. I didn't put UCF at 5. I put them at 19-20, and they should be allowed to compete with these prestige programs next year in the Premier League. And if they can't hang, they will be relegated. That's the whole point. Trading on your brand name in a relegation promotion system is worthless. There's right, no point like, in having it. Does Nottingham play Dublin South? I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Tottenham? Like, could you? Would you move them up to the top tier? So, yeah, if you want to tell me it's rigged against the teams that don't play anybody, then yeah. Yes. Yes is my answer. You can't put UCF in there. You can't. If UCF had been ranked in the top 25 five or six years in a row, fine. But just because they're having a nice year this year does not erase the fact they went 0-12. You're well, let me putting them you in over an Oregon team that's let, played let for two national titles just because they've moved on from Helfrich in between Kelly and Let me Tiger. ask you a question. If we'd done this show a year ago, yeah. all right, and we had created this Premier League then, would UCF be in it in your top 20 this year? Would they have earned their way in? No. So how do they ever get promoted? Be a lot better than than what they've been the last few years. I mean, 6-7 so last year. it's always 12. a prestige and rolling thing? Uh, look, I mean, we're kind of doing the same thing here. I just can't believe you put an 0-12 UCF from two years ago into your top 20 in the Premier League over some of these others. And yeah, Texas, if it's a little bit more... they're undefeated this year and earned their way, they got promoted. See, this is the soccer rule thing where now we've bored the hell out of everybody. I so, don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Rasilla should remind you, you can listen to all three hours of the show on your ESPN app. This has, I don't think, ever happened to an NFL quarterback, and it's happening right in front of us now. It's ESPN Radio. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. I have to go to the gym and untangle my headphones while warming up on the treadmill. 
And I'll finally untangle them four miles later, at which point I'm going to be real tired! Oh, yeah! Motorcycles make everything exciting. And when GEICO makes it easy to switch and save on motorcycle insurance, it's even more exciting. And once I put my headphones in, I'll realize my phone's dead! Then I get to run in silence! GEICO Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Just to wrap a bow on on the exercise that we just tried to go through. I think for the most part we get it, but then at the end, I think you started getting into the kind of the relegation rules a little bit more specifically than I was, and that's why you had UCF and USF in your premier, your top program. Uh, you never thought of Miami? Like, why would you put UCF in over Miami? Yes, Saruti did point out during the commercial break that my logic does not hold. If I'm giving UCF credit for recent histories, I have to give... Miami credit for recent history as well. Good I was point. doing more of a five ten year thing, I think, and and going over the last five to ten years. Unless you were just a disaster, maybe that's the anti Texas thing. But I guess there's a part of me too that goes Texas is still a top five job in the country. It so, is. So am I going to put them outside of this? Because I ran out of teams. Boise State was close. I put them down, then I crossed them off. A lot of people, a lot of Florida fans, mad at us right now. I got to tell you, Florida. I mean, you've been. An absolute disaster on offense here for like three straight years. Not just bad. Like no one's ever people are gonna look back at the offensive rankings of this stretch between Muschamp and McElwain and go, How did the Gators how are they that bad on offense? And they were. They have been. I'm not saying Florida isn't a top ten job or something like that, but recent history and the last time you're playing for national championships, I mean that's like a decade ago. I think those teams that are about to be promoted would be Miami. I, I don't Florida is not. Well, how do you not have Nebraska, Mr. Cornhusker? See, here's the thing. I think both you and Saruti valued prestige and history much more than I did when I think the entire reason you have a relegation and promotion system is that teams that don't get the abstract, subjective respect can earn their way in. So I'm giving USF and UCF credit for... Yeah, they're never going to talk their way into the playoff system. But you got to less let at least let them earn their way into the big leagues. But see, that's why I would put a Boise State in then over. Well, you just factored longer history in than I did. Like Boise State's not in yeah, the contention this year. Yeah, you got, you got year. way into the 2017 relegation. So that's where we ended up. We were doing the same thing there and at the end we were doing something different, right? Well, so you're you're interested in giving a tier 2 team respect. It's just Boise State because it lasted longer. Yeah. The UCF thing is one year, man. Yeah, I know. It's, I know. USF has been ranked what? Two years in a row. Two years in a row. I think UCF's been ranked three times ever. Ever? Undefeated. Top Undefeated 15. this year. Yep. Never lost. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe right now to 30 for 30 Podcasts, the Listen tab of the ESPN app, or Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Blue Apron. Get $30 off your first meal with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash 30 for 30. What is up with Joe Flacco? Now, they won last night. Yay. But <laughs> <laughs> they're, like, we had mentioned this about a month ago. Like, is anybody paying attention to how terrible his stats are? Because they are terrible. And then when you start really factoring in who he's been, all right, he's 32 years old now. Completion percentage, whatever. I mean, I can do all this stuff, but his QBR is 33. That's worse than when he was an incredibly overrated quarterback because his defense was winning him all these playoff games when his career first started. But that stretch that he had that they put up on the graphic last night and Monday night or the four games that he had in the playoffs, I don't know I don't know who that was. I, like, we joked about it being Ronald Donald from Can't Buy Me Love just paying girls to date him for a month and being the most popular dude in high school. 
when that's not who that guy was. He was still a nerd. Nerd. But I don't like the Flacco high end, low end, maybe one of the most confusing things we've seen in NFL history. Cap hit 2018, $24.7 million. 2019, $26.5 million. The Joe Flacco commitment in Baltimore is not going away anytime soon. If they had a do over, they'd take it. They'd hit that reset button, right? So you think they'd bounce from him? Because that contract, and when people say, oh, you know, he bet on himself, yeah, he made a little bit more money, but he was still going to get the going rate of the 20 plus million dollars a year when he redid his deal. Do you still believe that he is a franchise quarterback? I never really liked him that much before. And then he did what he did, and then he wins the Super Bowl. Scott and I are sitting here, and he loved him. He was Mr. Flacco, and he's like, see, what do you think? I go, ah, I guess I was wrong. And then deep down, I never thought I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. I think, what was I supposed to do? He was perfect for a month or month the playoff games. And I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't. Because in the beginning, man, they'd be like, "Oh, look at his playoff record." Look, at, he he wasn't very good. The defense was sick. They what was go, the last thing you were super wrong on? Uh Kentucky basketball. There was that one stretch. Um, I'm probably. I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, if the Sixers are 500, does that mean I'm wrong? See, I can tell deep down you won't think you're wrong. No, I'll I'll be wrong. The Sixers are better. The Sixers right now are much better than I thought they would be. But I do wonder if there's a wall in some of these things. I was mad. Uh, I was wrong about the Dallas Mavericks year. They won the NBA title. Um, let me see. He's scattering uh, examples out over a decade. I remember picking Oregon <laughs> against Ohio State and being on the field before the game kicked off and wanting to change my picks so bad because I go, this, this Buckeyes team is enormous. Um, but I was wrong about that. Uh, I was wrong about Auburn. A couple, like when they played the national title against Florida State, I couldn't believe it. I thought they got lucky. But you'd Georgia. say it's generally on two hands. Doing this for <laughs> fifteen years, or you know, you know, how I'm wrong all the time. Like you can't, like you. But deep down, not really. I can give you a reasoning for why I was. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when the Kentucky thing, and I was like, you can have that team, and they win buzzer beater game after buzzer beater throughout the tournament, and then I'm going, well, Calipari, like, he didn't like his own team. I was supposed to like him. So anyway, are we going to answer the Flacco question, or is this more interesting? Yeah, no, What's no, the no. most wrong you've ever been? Oh, I'm a volume shooter, man. <laughs> like I know. Antoine you... Walker. <laughs> <laughs> as long as a few go in. What's the first take thing you've had to own the most? Well, Dak versus Carson Wentz isn't going well right now. <laughs> Not right now, but you know you still have. There's, But deep there's, down, I don't think I'm wrong. Yeah, there's some. there's like a rope still that you can grab onto. Right. That's a long-term take. Yeah. You let those takes mature. That's a I don't know. Let me get back to my desk and look at my list. Okay. <laughs> I, keep, I keep track. But yes. do you think the Ravens think they're wrong about Joe Flacco? Giving that contract, coming out of that, that year, they're locked in for another two years after this season at $20-plus million in cap hit. He is financially their franchise quarterback on the field. I think they could find several options of better. You think they have options that they can go to? I think that within the next year, Alex Smith is going to be available for any team that wants to put themselves over the hump. That could be the Denver Broncos. It could be the Baltimore Ravens if they actually had room and weren't committing so many dollars to Joe Flacco. So the point is, yeah, I think there's quality quarterbacks who are better than Joe Flacco that will be available. Alex Smith, namely. But they won't be able to pursue it because they've got all this money committed to Joe Flacco. 
Yeah, I, I have a hard time believing as bad as it's been. And he was pretty bad the year after they won the Super Bowl. And then he'd had a good 2014, and now it's regressing. It's three straight years, and now it's just terrible. Uh, you would take Flacco over Alex Smith today? Is that what you're about to say? No, what I'm going to oh. say is that the Ravens, next year your starter, week one, 2018, is going to be Joe Flacco. Agreed. Yeah. Because they, it has to be. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know what you can do. All right, Brad Edwards used to sit and calculate all the BCS stuff. Um, but that doesn't mean he's useless now. He's still really locked in. We're going to ask him about the Bama Ohio State debate and anything else to pay attention to. Is USC being completely overlooked and all this stuff? Talk some college football rankings, try to guess what's going to happen tonight from the committee right here with Will Kane, the Rosillo Show. Brad Edwards next, ESPN Radio. Now that Human Resources VP Ashley Campbell has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time, she's managing her workforce like a rock star. She even has her own hype song. I'm the spark before the fire. I'm the power in the train. I have a really diverse workforce with different hours, skill sets, and pay grades. Don't stop. Don't stop. I'm the dream. You should know that. Now we're motivating and engaging the right people. Every step of the way. Kronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. Chuck Pagano had a weird presser yesterday, but it really wasn't as weird as maybe you thought it was going to be in the beginning. Will Kane today, the Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio. Brad Edwards, one of the best college football voices going, joining us in studio, giving the straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Best phones, best networks, no contracts. What's up, man? What's up? It's good I to see you. a lot. There's a lot up. You, it's that time of year, man. No one does a three-quarter zip-up like this guy. Okay. <laughs> uh, Let's do the Alabama-Ohio State thing. Ohio State beats Wisconsin, which, by the way, watching Ohio State throughout the year, I'm not so convinced that they're just going to run through Wisconsin, even though we could all knock Wisconsin's schedule. Uh, and that has more to do with JT Barrett's inconsistency. But let's say Ohio State beats Wisconsin, um, you know, beats them by two touchdowns. What do you think the committee will do with Alabama if everything else works out? This is such a tough call because— Isn't it great that it's I, these two fan bases? Too? Oh, yeah. And, you know, th- these are the two probably most hated teams by other fans across the country— I think most of them, if they had their choice, the fans, not the selection committee, would would prefer that they both miss the playoff. They don't <laughs> yeah, want to see either one of them in. Uh, but it's going to be like one of those lesser of two evil things for the selection committee where it, your choice is you can either put in a team that has no top ten wins and didn't win a conference championship, or you can put in a team that has two bad losses, one of them by 31 to a 7-5 and five team. Take your pick. And I honestly have no idea what they will do. I I do think that as we sit here no right now. no idea what they're going to do? No idea. But I, I, the, the only Ohio State thing that could happen, okay, say say they put up a huge number on Wisconsin. You're going to hear all the conference champ playing right, yep. playing their best at the right time, that stuff, and be like, actually, they struggled with Michigan a week ago, and Michigan isn't very good. I, I just can't imagine that they're going to, with the two losses, put them over another team that they will always get the benefit of the doubt in an Alabama. Like, I just don't yeah, see how no, you're right. Loss. Like There are two teams over the past four years with a selection committee where sometimes, in spite of the resume, they would just say, oh, you know, they're just better. You know, most teams, they wouldn't do and that. That's but the two, the these best, are the two. Right. These are the two that they would always give benefit of doubt to. 
And, and that's why I have such a hard time predicting it. I do think, though, as of this moment, the people on the selection committee, even though they're not going to tell us, they already know how it's going to turn out if that comes to a vote this weekend because they know how many people in that room are adamantly opposed to letting Ohio State in with that 31-point loss to Iowa. Based upon the weeks prior to Based upon that. the discussions they've already had right. regarding that. Like, they'll know that they'll know that there are maybe it's three people, maybe it's eight people. I have no idea. But they'll know how many under no circumstances would ever put Ohio State in the top four. Is there a way to grant so many fans wishes and keep both of these teams out? <laughs> I mean, can, uh, we say, can we say definitively that a Big 12 champ TCU and or a Pac-12 champ USC are out of the running? I really have a hard time seeing the USC. You know, I mean, look, you could put together a resume where you're just like, you know, filling out, checking boxes or, you you know, just you've got this many of that, this many of that, where USC actually looks good compared to these other teams. But when you, when you actually ask the question, who did they beat? I mean, other than, you know, would have beaten Stanford twice. You know, they, they didn't play Washington. They lost to Washington State out of conference. They beat Texas, 6-6 six and six team. They got blown out by Notre Dame. It's Outside it's of tough. Stanford, it's Arizona. It's honestly. tough. You know, and look, Tre- Trevor Maddich has been making the point for a few weeks now that the committee's very quick to point out that Clemson's Kelly Bryant was, was, first of all, injured and then out for most of the game in the loss to Syracuse. But they don't seem to be considering that USC had a ton of injuries when they lost at Washington State. And they only lost by three on the road. And they had like half their offensive line out. Yeah, it's other so much guys. easier just, to point at Darnold's struggles in that game and yeah. say that it's all on him. But you're right, the offensive line, and that's the reason why you know Darnold has struggled. I think. But whatever the struggle. reason, I just I don't I don't think USC has the name value with the teams they've beaten in order to get in. And TCU. TCU. Here's the problem I think so for TCU. Let's set up the TCU scenario here. Brad they Edwards, win the Big Twelve. So they yeah. win the Big Twelve. They're a two-loss team. So that would be what Ohio State wins, and then you're still looking at Alabama. Then what? Yeah. So if TCU wins, they would essentially have an identical conference resume to Oklahoma. The teams would have split their two head-to-head meetings. They both won at Oklahoma State. They both lost to Iowa State. The glaring difference between the two, aside from the fact that TCU is a conference champion and Oklahoma is not, is that Oklahoma out of conference won at Ohio State. TCU won at Arkansas. Big, big difference there. So TCU okay, so, beats Oklahoma in a Big 12 championship game and still loses a debate to Oklahoma, much I, less Ohio State I think and the Alabama. committee would have a hard time putting TCU ahead of Oklahoma, even wow. if they win that game. But even if they did, this is where it gets really weird because you start saying, okay, Oklahoma's not a conference champ, but they are a two-loss team. They went into Columbus, beat Ohio State by 15. Can you put a two-loss Ohio State ahead of them? I think most people would say no. Uh, and that's why a lot of people believe that's Alabama's best-case scenario, is TCU wins. And at that point, if you're the committee, the easiest thing to do is to put Alabama in. The question is, if Ohio State also wins, who's the fourth team? Right. Okay, what do you think the committee does tonight? I'm going to just okay. run through it. Okay? All right, I, I actually think the committee's top eight will be identical to the AP poll. So that would be Clemson 1. Clemson 1, Oklahoma 2. Wisconsin Wisconsin 3, Auburn 4. I wouldn't be shocked if Auburn is 3 and Wisconsin 4. It does seem a little odd to put a two-loss team over an undefeated team. But Auburn has beaten number 1 in the committee's rankings two of their last three games. So that would put Bama 5. I think Bama would be 5, Georgia Georgia 6, 
So Miami seven, Miami seven, Ohio yeah. State eight. The reason I say Bama at five is like mm-hmm. I needed to look it up for Brad. Is because, <laughs> the reason I have Bama at five is because they and Georgia both have the same loss at Auburn, just two weeks apart. If you watch those two games, there's no comparison. One of them was much more competitive than the other. It's hard to have watched those games and not believe that Alabama is better than Georgia. And not to mention Georgia's signature win this season just keeps looking worse and worse as Notre Dame keeps taking. See, a I don't think that's necessarily even fair. But I mean, but it's know, but it's it's a it's a factor. Or like it's, the Auburn, the Auburn that played Clemson isn't even close well, to being right. the Auburn that is playing football right now. Right. Okay? That's the Auburn where people wanted Gus Malzahn out. That's the Auburn where you go, how does Stidham not figure out whether it's a lack of protection or getting rid of the damn football? Like, he's a completely different guy. Yeah. And I think maybe the biggest factor of why Alabama lost because they couldn't contain a running quarterback during that game. So the the whole, all right, now the Georgia-Notre Dame win, huh, that's fraudulent. Okay, well, so then we keep doing that. Like, I can do this yeah, all day yeah, where right. everybody stinks. So, but, but I, I just I think Georgia's resume has been weakened further since last week. That's, that's okay, the way I would put right, it. Okay, all right, that's fine. Did okay, you, but so, so the question is Miami 7, Ohio State 8. The coaches actually went the other way. The coaches poll, they, they had Ohio State 7. They dropped Mi- Miami, right, Miami 8. And so I, I think the key to look for tonight is are those two teams, Alabama – and Ohio State in those spots, five and eight. Because if they're not, that's going to tell us something. If Alabama stays in the top four, then you know the committee loves them even more than we think they do. See, I think there's a chance Alabama's four and Wisconsin will be five, and they'll say, look, if Wisconsin wins the Big Ten championship, problem solved, and we'll move them up, much like the Baylor-TCU thing a years ago where they finally jumped TCU, and they're like, sorry, you moved to five. Well, that that year, (laughs) though, that's where the committee showed that they don't think ahead. You know, if they were thinking ahead, they would have had TCU at four that week to protect right. themselves. To protect Instead, they themselves. put them at three, which was stupid. But you know, whatever. <laughs> that's that's what they decided to do. I think there's a chance Bama is still in the top four tonight. Okay, but if Bama's six, no, no, I think so, Bama's five. So if Bama's behind I think Georgia, four, by the way, you know, I think I think if Bama's behind Georgia, that tells you that the committee maybe doesn't like them as much as we think they do. Same thing if Ohio State seven. Maybe they maybe they're more into Ohio State. Let me ask you this, Brad. The the, the final four, is it completely fluid going into championship weekend? So coming out, those conference championship games have the ability to to determine the seedings one through four, not just which teams make it, but who will get those top seeds. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it... It's all part of the body of work, so it's not like one. I mean, it's. I know the first year Ohio State won 59 nothing and seemed to make this big jump, but I think that was more separating a few teams that seem to be really tight going into that weekend. I have a hard time believing that that Clemson, if they're number one tonight, wouldn't still be number one as long as they win, even if Oklahoma beats TCU by a bigger score. Uh, you know, so so I'm not sure how much the seedings really can change. Uh, this this could be this could be really interesting in terms of conspiracy theories just because, you know, you get down to that fourth spot and a lot of people believe that selection committees looking at stuff like ratings, attendance, whatever. They're not supposed to care about any of that. Their job is to get the four best teams. But if they if they get to that point and say Clemson's your one and it's like, okay, who do we put at four? In terms of ratings, how many people want to see Clemson, Alabama play again third year in a row in the playoff? Now, I mean, those of us who love the sport, they've given us two great games. Um, Clemson, Ohio State was not a great game last year. But the overall rating is going to be much better if you have teams from different parts of the country. I mean, as as high as and as well as Alabama rates, 
you still don't want three Southern teams out of four in the playoff. And you could even argue four out of four yeah, with Oklahoma. Every, every time I've heard that conspiracy but, theory before, like, oh, this is what this matchup's going to be, and this semifinal will be this. And then it doesn't happen. And you go, well, what happened, conspiracy guy? Right, 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 right. So I don't think that's what they're doing. But what I'm, what I'm saying is that, is that if, the, if the committee was actually thinking about that stuff, it's an easy choice to take Ohio State over Alabama. Thanks, Brad. That's Brad Edwards. We're still reminding you watch all three hours of show on ESPN News. Chuck Pagano sounds insane in the beginning of his presser, but he isn't really if it makes sense to you. That's next on ESPN Radio. Geico presents Left Brain versus Right Brain. After much deliberation, I've decided we should switch to Geico. Hey, sounds good to me. We could save hundreds of dollars on our car insurance. Which, now I'm just blue sky in here, we can reinvest those funds into my business idea. Oh, not this again. First, get some investors on board, right? Nobody is going to invest in dental floss made of turkey jerky. Okay, well not with that attitude, wow. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Woj, coming up next, NBA Notes, what happened with Fizdale, Will Kane, Rosillo Show, it's ESPN Radio. This is Chuck Pagano yesterday. He's the head coach of the Coats. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts, excuse me, still. And he starts this quote off, and at the beginning, almost no one understands what the hell he's doing. So here's Pagano being asked about his routine. Yeah, that song we played, you know, woke up to that this morning. Is that Sonny and Cher? Huh? I got you, babe. I got you, babe. Yeah, went down, got my coffee, said hello to the what's-her-name, the little gal in the coffee shop. Stole the money out of the back of the truck, drove my truck off the, you know, into the tar pit or whatever, off the landfill. <laughs> Jumped off a building, lived through it. Did you see the movie? All right, all right, stop it there. Stop it for a second. At what point do you realize what he's talking about? When he said that he drove the truck off the cliff or jumped off the house, whatever, I then realized he was talking about Groundhog Day, the movie, because it's one of my all-time favorite movies. Somewhere around the coffee shop. I was. Oh, like, you figured out the coffee shop. Well, the beginning, you're going, what's he talking about? Some song. I got you, babe. What's the connection to, you know, does he feel like everything's the same every day? I didn't know the movie that well to know. That's the song every morning when Bill Murray wakes up. So I think he's yeah, going the alarm off the clock's going up. Yeah, right. It's. Felt like in the beginning you were watching an NFL head coach lose his mind. And then I went, Oh, okay, I get what he's doing. Because yeah. somebody was like, Hey, every day it's starting to wear on you. He's like, Yeah, I got you, babe. Pablo Torre had a great tweet. He tweeted out, He goes, When you time the edible wrong. <laughs> well, <laughs> Pablo could be right because that's not the end of this cut. All right. He keeps going. Here's more of it. Do you ever see the movie Groundhog Day? What do you guys do? You spend so much time on Twitter, you're not enjoying the better things in life. Bill Murray, come on! I jumped off the roof at my home this morning. I still, it's, I'm not, it's not going away. No, it's it's everybody. It's you guys. It's the fans. It's everybody driving up there. It's everybody in the NFL community. Okay, there's a storm in the Atlantic. Hurricane, whatever you want to call it. Huh? When's it going to hit landfall? <laughs> you know, it's coming. Third quarter, middle of the third. It's getting late third. They're up ten. It's got to happen sometime. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy right now. Yeah. Do the Andrea Gale. Oh, he's doing a perfect storm? It is. And then what, what's got to happen is, you know, being in Miami for six years, when them storms start coming off the the coast of Africa, and then they're coming through the Atlantic, and they start coming up. What happens is you get, if you get a nor'easter, right, you get a storm up top, who's in there had done weather before? 
Huh? You know some weather people, collaborate. Who was that? French girl. Who's the best dude down there doing weather or do that? Huh? Do that. Yeah, Captain so Steve. When it, when it comes down, that that pressure hits right, and it a pushes drift? the storm where? Read a drift. Back out to sea, right? Wilson? And it goes up the coast, yeah. and there's very little damage. Those rings that spins it, this way, and those anyone, bands up top are is, the most egregious bands. They're far enough out where nobody gets hurt. So, what are you talking when, about when right that, at all? When this starts to Cells. happen, film your tail off. Have you I seen love the it. cell, um, Jennifer Lopez? You gotta, you gotta right. respond. You know, and when that happens, we got we need a we need a storm to blow in and push that so it doesn't hit land. All right, so maybe he did get crazy towards the end of it. Woj is next.